So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102FM, which is being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this, it's the 31st of January, 2021. It's the fourth Sunday in ordinary time. And my name is Junkie Lee, and thank you again for joining me this morning. And also, I'd like to welcome this morning, I know you'd like me to welcome too, onto the programme, someone who's going to uh, help us to produce the programme again this morning. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thank you very much indeed, Shane, for joining us. And of course, we also want to welcome at this stage uh, our listeners who uh, join us each week. Those who maybe can't get out of the house as much as what they could before, but there's many of people who can't get out of the house at all, afraid to go out of the house. We thank God for the likes of uh, what we have here and Sacred Space at West Limit 102 Local Radio. We have to bring something to people, uh, something to people every Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And I know people uh, enjoy it and get something from it because I meet them locally and they pass on the message to myself and to pass it on to Shane too. And, of course, to thank, a big thanks and shout out to West Limit 102 for, for facilitating us and allowing us to produce this programme and send it into the station each week. Uh, just a reminder again, uh, people would know at this stage, our programme is broadcast in sacred space at West Limit 102 local radio at 10am each Sunday morning and 11pm Sunday night. The 10am slot, of course, is uh, taken uh, up partly by our broadcasting of Mass from Abbeyfield Parish in Abbeyfield County Limerick. And uh, after that, then we play some little bit of reflection, some music, um, something that might be topical if we can we we'll see what, what time we've got really after Mass. Uh, but you can listen uh, again to our full programme at 11pm each Sunday night. And of course, this is what we're actually recording at the moment. In part two, of course, Shane will explain a little bit more later on. Uh, this particular programme, we come to our, our annual uh, Sacred Space year, of, year in Review, where Shane reviews what's happened church-wise in the last year, and I run through a little bit of what we've done here in the programme. You can, of course, uh, download and listen to all of our programmes, going back over a number of years, going back, actually, I think, on the blog, it's about 2009, uh, at sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And if you actually go into that website and look into the archive section, you can also uh, be connected there with come and see inspirations.buzzproud.com. I know there's all a lot of dot coms around here this morning. But you can listen to uh, our current programmes, and as I said, all the way back to 2009. Thanks a lot to Shane for putting those up for us, for us to be able to browse through. I was able to browse through some of myself there recently, uh, from 2014, it was something with uh, Bishop Donald Murray joined us, actually Shane and Lorraine, and it gave us a lovely little reflection that particular day on conscience and what it's all about and so on and so forth. But these sort of topics are available to be listened to, uh, stuff that we've that we've recorded and is, and have archived over the year. But more about that later on, maybe at some stage in the year. But you can also um, uh, link it to us via Spotify and iTunes. Again, that's Come and See Inspirations. Really, if you just Google Come and See Inspirations, you should find us there. If you want to contact us, then please do. Our text is 87 That's 87 Or email us, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Now, this part of the programme is where Shane shares with us some science for the week. Thanks, Shane. Uh, thanks, John. Uh, 
Um, so, a couple of things with the Saints of the Week this week, folks. Um, so, um, as John said at the top of the program, today is the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. So, for those of us praying in the Psalter, uh, we're on week four. And um, the so, just in terms of bits and pieces to do with liturgical odds and ends, one of the things we do every year is we do our patron saint for the year. Now, this is a tradition in some place, in some religious communities where you're given a saint to read, reflect on, and, and pray for for the year. So what we've done with the radio program over the last couple of years is we've had a patron saint for the year. So last year our patron saint was St. John Bosco, uh, which was somewhat appropriate given that um, we were helping to mark with the Salesian Sisters the centenary of their foundation in Ireland. So I thought it was somewhat appropriate throughout the year. Then, uh, so for this year, before we get into... So, drum roll plays, John. So this year... Our patron saint for the radio program is actually going to be St. Francis de Sales, whose feast day is the 24th of January. Now, Francis de Sales is uh, is an interesting saint, and we will come back to him another day. Um, But that's who we have in terms of our blog, our radio patron saint this year. Well done, Shane. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, so now, in terms of the liturgical guide for this week, the liturgical calendar for this week, so of course today is the 31st, so we're not actually celebrating the Feast of St. John Bosco, which assumes somewhat appropriate as we're retiring him as the patron saint of the blog. So then Monday, of course, is the 1st of February, and of course the 1st of February on the Irish liturgical calendar is the feast day of St. Bridget, abbess and secondary patron of Ireland. Feast is proper to the church, and it is, of course, uh, Bridget, of course, is one of those great Irish Celtic saints and very much of course associated with Ireland and in particular with Kildare associated of course very much with hospitality and almsgiving and care of the sick uh, tradition has that she was born around 5, 454 AD her father was a pagan her mother was a Christian and she received the veil and spiritual formation probably from St. Mel who was one of the successors or companions to St. Patrick and um Others followed her example, and she founded her double monastery in Kildare. Now, when we say a double monastery, that is a monastery for both religious men and women, which was, of course, under the assistance of Bishop Conlet, but she remained the superior. She died in 524, and her cult is widespread not only throughout Ireland, but in several European lands. And, of course, very much associated with St. Bridget's Day, of course, is the making of the St. Bridget's Cross. And, obviously, of course, from an Irish perspective, by tradition, the 1st of February is also the first day of spring. Now, given the times that we're in it, maybe that is something parents could do in terms of the home homeschooling side of things. Um, you don't need to actually go out and pick up physical rushes from the field if you can, well and good. I remember once upon a time making St. Bridget's Day Cross out of um, straws, you know, like uh, drinking straws. So, and if you're looking for a guide as to how to do it or what to do, the Bishops' Conference, the Irish Bishops' Conference, have a video up on how to make a St. Bridget's Cross. So then Tuesday, of course, is the presentation of the Lord. It is also known as Candlemas Day, and it is the World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. Uh, presentation of the Lord very much it used to be the closure of the Christmas season and we have of course the 
fulfillment of the the Mosaic law by Mary and Joseph carrying Jesus to the temple. And of course, we have the account of Simeon and Anna's acceptance of Jesus as the Messiah. And in particular, of course, that great prayer from Simeon, which is used as part of night prayer in the church. Wonderful couple of reflections actually on that over the Christmas. And in particular, there was that reflection from Noreen Lynch, which we broadcast on the 27th of December. If people want a reflection on that particular gospel, which I thought which would be very, you know, good for the day that's in it. Of course, Candlemas is also the traditional day when candles for home and church use were blessed. Not sure what's going to happen this year with it. Um, obviously, not so much a demand at a parish site, but I know myself, we have been burning through our um, domestic supply of them fairly quick. So uh, we'll have to see. I suppose you probably need to check locally whether or not... Um, priests will be blessing candles at the private masses that they will be saying. So Thursday, of, or sorry, Wednesday, of course, is the 3rd of February, and it is the feast day of St. Blaise, Bishop and Martyr, of course, very much associated, of course, with the blessing of the throats, because St. Blaise was supposed to have healed a person from choking on a fishbone by praying over them. So he was also a physician before becoming a bishop, and since the 8th century, he's very much um associated as patron of those that suffer from illnesses of the troth. Uh, obviously, of course, because of the restrictions, it's not exactly clear if that would be able to happen. Probably not for the vast majority of people this year. But the one thing I would say, of course, is poor Al St. Blaise gets a great run out on the 3rd of February. And then we don't again hear of him again uh, until the following year. So it's something to think about. Maybe, um, you know, if coughs and colds and so forth at the moment, no harm to invoke St. Blaise's intercession. Thursday is the 4th of February. And on the liturgical calendar, it's one of the feast. One of the names of the saints that's mentioned is a guy called John de Burrito, a Burrito, Burrito, B R I T O. He's also known as the Apostle of Madura, which is in Italy. He's a Jesuit saint of Portuguese extraction. Uh, at, became a Jesuit at the age of 15, and then over the strenuous objections of his family, he volunteered for the missions in India in 1673 and was sent to Madura. Here we have an example of what's called enculturation, which is adopting local cultures to promote the spread of the gospel in one of its earliest forms. He studied Indian cultures and realized the importance of the caste system. And he decided to set himself up as an Indian ascetic, a Pandara Sumai, and lived as they lived, dressing in saffron cloak and turban, and was able to hold retreats in the wilderness in southern India where interested Indians could visit him. He died, he, he was successful in converting many Indians to Chris, Christianity, which of course brought the ire of the, Brahim, the Brahims, uh, who were the highest Indian caste on him, and they arranged for his execution. At the execution site, he knelt in prayer, and the Raja's order was read. The executioner hesitated, and John told him, My friend, I have prayed to God. On my part, I have done what I should do. Now you do your part. And he was martyred in 1693. Um, in On Friday, the 5th of February, which is, of course, the first Friday this year, we have the feast day of St. Agatha, Virgin and Martyr. Agatha is one of those early female saints of the church commemorated in the first Eucharistic prayer. She died a martyr for the faith at Catatonia in Sicily in the 3rd century. And oddly enough, she's the patron of bell founders. I couldn't exactly get to the bottom of that one. And then finally, on Saturday, the uh, 6th of uh, February, we have the feast day of St. Paul Miki and Companions. These are the Nagasaki uh, martyrs killed in 1597 in Japan. They uh, were, at the time, 
Christianity had just arrived in Japan, generally with the Jesuits and the Dominicans, and it was violently persecuted and the borders of Japan were closed for a couple of centuries. Uh, so the martyrs of Franciscans, Franciscan tertiaries and three Jesuits suspended, who were crucified suspended on crosses. And their memory was held sacred for many centuries afterwards, so that when Europeans and Americans returned to Japan in the 1800s, uh, they discovered that there was still an underground Christian community that had survived without bishops and priests for many, many years, and tr mainly through the work of grandparents to pass on and baptize people in the faith. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the Celestial Guides for this week. Shane, thank you very much, Nate, for that. So at this stage, before we go for our first bit of music, we'll pray our spiritual communion prayer together. And this is for all of us these days, I suppose, who can't receive Jesus sacramentally. and But we can receive Jesus spiritually into our soul. And this is the prayer we always pray here on the program each week. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now we go for our first bit of music this morning. Uh, this piece of music, I was just thinking of it in terms of a prayer. It's by my good friend, Melinda Dimitriscu, and this one is entitled, Bless the Lord, My Soul. So come back and join us again in part two.
So welcome back again to the second part of Second Space One Two FM, coming from our Cummins studio here in Adult. My name is John Keeley and still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skyplan. And this time of the year, in fact it's nearly the same in a week, I think, every, every year, where we review what has happened in the church and also on the programme here for the last 12 months. So Shane, your suggestion, where do you think we should start? Well, now, John, the first thing is to say is, yes, John, it is around this time of the year every year because I normally wait to do this programme until such time as Pope, the Pope has made his annual address to the Diplomatic Corps, which yeah, okay. happens generally around the 25th of January. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes sense because yeah, what he does is he gives a summary of his year, which helps me do a summary of our church, re- church year in review. Very good. So we've been doing this. We've been doing this program for a couple of years now. Basically, around January, we do a kind of review of the previous year. And I suppose one of the things, one of the reasons we do it is just to give an alternative take on the year. People do the, you know, you do your New Year's review, you do your political review, you do your music review, you do your sports review, and we do kind of um, a church-related review just to kind of say what happened in the last couple of twelve months. And obviously, for 2020, of course, the one of the predominant things, of course, is COVID-19 but we'll get to that in due course because there was actually quite a bit more that happened that I kind of had forgotten about till I started going back through it so when we when we reviewed the year we kind of looked at it from the point of view of things papal things global Christian wise things that happened in Ireland and things that happened in Limerick so that's kind of um, that's kind of how we, we break it down so starting off then John last year January didn't really have anything majorly of significance that I kind of wanted to bring to people's attention again. Uh, Locally, of course, here in Ireland, it was the start of the election season, so all that kicked off in January. Um, But then moving on to February, um, there was a couple of things that happened in February. Firstly, um, Pope Francis released uh, Quadrinia Amazonia, which was the apostolic exhortation after the Amazonian Synod, uh, which outlined his four great dreams for the ecological, social, cultural and ecclesial future in the Amazon region. And that was the whole debate about uh, married clergy came into that and the Pope's decision not to break with tradition in the West in that regard. Um, But also the fact that he made the point that a lot of people had kind of hijacked what he saw as a process of discernment. And it was interesting, actually, reading back through some of the coverage, and particularly the Pope's comments on it, he was quite critical, actually, of some of the ways it had been twisted and turned. Sadly, of course, one of the other things that came up in January or February last year was the allegations uh, that were con- or that were made against Jean Vanier as the founder of the, the founder of the Larche community and the, the, uh, the allegations of abuse and coercive control. Uh, that were made and which uh, generally I think are accepted at this stage against the man. So that was um, then in Ireland, of course, we had the general election. And one of the interesting things, of course, that came out of it was the fact that 15 pro-life TDs managed to retain their seats, whereas quite a number of those uh, TDs who had advocated for the repeal of the 8th lost them. Now, I don't know, you can discern the will of God, discern the will of the Irish people in that, but that was just a fact that happened in February last year. Moving on then to March, of course, the big thing that happened at that stage was the lockdown and the arrival, of course, into our vocabulary of the term COVID-19. Um, so obviously, of course, the whole thing, everything going into lockdown, churches being closed, getting used to online masses or TV masses with something like, you know, 170,000 people tuning in to watch mass on RTE. 
Um, pros and cons, which of course we are now still dealing with 12 months later, and obviously poses quite a number of challenges to us about our understanding of faith and faith practice and a community and a community and our understanding of ourselves as the body of Christ. And in particular, of course, the challenge in the Irish context that we have become very focused on church being things to do in the church building and only to do with mass. So the challenge that is there for us to rediscover and explore ways of being a community of faith that doesn't necessarily have, doesn't necessarily, or isn't necessarily able to gather uh, together um, on a Sunday. Uh, and of course, the outstanding thing from last March, I think, for most people, John, will have been, of course, that 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 special Urbi et Orbi from Rome. Uh, that I don't think any of us are ever going to forget that lived through it or watched it. The image of Pope Francis. Uh, before that uh, famous icon from Rome, the um, Salus Populi Romani, and the famous cross, and then giving the benediction of the Blessed Sacrament across an empty, almost derelict, apoplectic, apoplectic even-looking St. Peter's Square with the sound of sirens in the background. And it was an interesting thing, actually. The day after that Urbi et Urbi blessing to the city and to the world from Pope Francis, the statistics in Italy started to go down. It was literally the day after, because, of course, Italy had been the epicenter of the pandemic in Ireland, in Europe, up to that point. And it was just, you know, it, obviously, there was other things that, you know, factored into it, but I'm sure it was also a help to many people. So that was we had, John, in quarter one. So what were your highlights in terms of programs? What stood out for you there uh, in terms of the programming that we did? One in terms of what we covered here on the, on the program, and just a reminder again that these can be heard back and come and see inspirations at buzzbread.com. In January, I suppose, the one that stood out for me was when we had invited Dr. Jessie Rogers. She's a professor of scripture at St. Patrick's College in Maynooth. And Dr. Jessie shared her thoughts on the apostolic letter of Pope Francis, in which he established the third Sunday in ordinary time as a Sunday of the Word of God. Why the Pope wanted the Sunday of the Word of God, the connection between the Holy Spirit and scriptures, uh, the homily, the enthronement of the word, and so on and so forth. Very inspiring. Lovely to have somebody like Dr. Jesse with her competence to break it open for us. In February, one of the things that stood out for me was our chat with Father Brian Shorto. Father Brian shared with us about his book, Sending Positive Vibes, which is published, of course, by Columba Books and is still available. In his latest book, uh, Dr. Father Brian shares some insights into the lessons he's learned from his parishioners as he chronicles the highlights of parish life and reflects on some personal stories. He discusses his childhood in Dublin through the lens of that shows a simpler time before mobile phones and social media, a long time ago. Yeah? This reflection leads to a discussion on the pressures of modern life and so on and so forth. That was February. In March, we actually began to do uh, five weeks, and we did actually cover five weeks of sharing with some guests the Stations of the Cross. One might remember back on the, uh, at the start of it, on the 29th of February, actually, we were joined by Rose O'Connor from the Limerick Diocesan Office, and she shared with us on, on the first three uh, Stations of the Cross. We had Geraldine Creighton, Jared Henley, and the Emmanuel Committee share with us on the 8th of March for the 4th, 5th, and 6th. And we continued on with Michael, Michael Keaton sharing with us on the 15th of March. The 29th of March, we had Sharon Copley, actually, who joined with us on the Stations of the Cross. And just the 29th of March, then, we had our good friend, Father Eamon Conley, 
uh, Conway, who joined us to give his reflections on the 13th, 14th and 15th stations. A very busy first quarter show. A very busy first quarter. And we kept we kept it going after that, I have to say. But anyway, moving back to the global, uh, or moving back to kind of things happening outside. So April, obviously, I suppose it was a very strange Easter for us last year, of course. Particularly, I think, for many people, the images from uh, Rome of there being no pilgrims um, to, at the, in the Eternal City for the Easter ceremonies, I think was a stark reminder to many of us uh, what the situation was like during the first lockdown and of course um those those scenes like it, it I, you know, for me i don't know about you john but easter without you know being able to gather uh for me it just it was very surreal i think is the easiest way to describe it yeah yeah and a lot of us having to get used to watching online online ceremonies which you know to be honest they don't they, they don't do the same thing but you know it, it helps uh the other interesting thing in april last year of course was of course the release of cardinal pal uh, that was a famous causa celeb uh, that was there in terms of he spent 406, 407 days in prison after that case where he was accused of um, abusing an individual or two individuals and which was subsequently overturned on appeal to the Australian Supreme Court. Consequence of that still flowing outwards in terms of what's happening in Australia and definitely with a concern that he was the lightning rod for much of the reaction to the issues that arose in um, in Italy, or sorry, in Australia, um, so that was Cardinal Pell. He subsequently has released a book in relation to it as well, first of two books, I think. And uh, so it will be um, interesting to see how those goes. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I've been told that parts of it are an interesting read. So. Uh, then in May, uh, we saw partial reopenings, I suppose, and that the Vatican reopened for visitors in, and, and, and tourists to go through. In June, uh, I suppose, we had the public, uh, we had recommencement of public liturgies in Ireland, a uh, number of weeks early, of course, after advocacy from the archbishops to the government of the day to encourage it. And so public liturgies recommenced, of course, that was when we were all scrambling around to figure out how do you measure out your seats for two meters distance, how do you watch your social distancing, how do you do your cleaning, and the blah, 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 and all the parishes, all the work the parishes had to go into for that, and which we probably will have to continue for quite a period of time yet. And adjusting to the fact, of course, that there was limitations on the numbers that could gather in our churches. Uh, for Limerick, of course, in June last year, we had our virt virtual pilgrimage to Lourdes. Uh, because obviously the, the the Dawson pilgrimage couldn't take place as the sanctuary in Lourdes was closed. And sadly, that will probably be the case again for 2021, as there is no Dawson pilgrimage to Lourdes this year. It is postponed till the following year, 2022, um, which is which is sad. And, and I, I, you know, I think it's the first break in something like 60 odd years. Uh, for the pilgrimage, which is rather sad. Uh, of course, the other thing in June was, of course, the first um, ex visit outwards from the Vatican City by Benedict XVI since his, um, his, since his, 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 I was going to say his dethronement, that's not the word, since his stepping down as mm. Pope. And he travelled to Germany to visit, of course, his brother, who subsequently died, uh, Monsignor George. And, of course, they had been a very, very close family. There was the two brothers, George and Joseph, and their sister, Martha. Martha died a number of years ago. She had been a housekeeper for, for, for as he was then, Cardinal Ratzinger. 
and George had been a senior person in the diocesan structure in Regensburg, in, in, it's not Regensburg, I think it's Regensburg is the city, and of course subsequently he died later in 2020. Uh, so that was April, May and June, and then finally in July, just a thing that people might remember on their calendars or might have remembered seeing in passing, was the decision in Turkey by the Turkish government to convert the museum of the Hagia Sophia back into a mosque. And that drew, that drew international criticism because, of course, Hagia Sophia is one of the most outstanding examples of Byzantine uh, architecture, which ultimately it was one of the biggest churches in Christendom when it was in use. Uh, it was converted to a mosque in 50, 1453 when the Turks seized the ancient the city of Constantinople, which we now know as Istanbul. In 1920, it was converted into a mosque but on the orders of the father of the modern Turkish Republic, uh, Kemal Ataturk. But however, uh, in, in last year, it was reconverted back into a mosque, sadly. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that spot um, as as things go forward. So that was what we had, John, in the second part of the year. So the second quarter here on the programme. Um, on the 10th of January, Father, Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West, he had arranged to gather a number of young people to share some reflections and points for us on the Good Friday stations around the class. Of course, this is normally held... Uh, a very popular in Newcastle West Church. Couldn't arrange it this year. So what we, what, what Father Frank and myself decided to do, we got a few young people and they, they were able to recite poems, uh, reflections for us, and we also played some music. Beautiful piece of Again, that's available to be heard back if people want to on the blog. Uh, Easter Sunday, Father Brian Shortall joined us again. And this time to reflect on Easter and how the Easter message of Easter Day is a, is a reason for hope. The 19th of April... Uh, very topical, we had Jane Mallet join us, she's a Laudate officer for Trucker. And she joined us to reflect on the fifth anniversary of the publication of the papal encyclical Laudate Si. And of course, currently, actually, there's a Zoom um, meetings going on these days. Jane was actually on there just a few days ago. The 26th of April, uh, Father Eamon Conway joined us. And Father Eamon helped us again to really discern during this time what really matters at this time in terms of COVID and so on and so forth? The 1st of May, a good friend again, uh, Noreen Lynch joined us. This time to reflect on how things are at this particular moment. Shared her usual wisdom with us. And the 9th of May, Father Eamon Roach joined us to reflect on the place of Mary in our faith. How she's a model to guide us uh, for those who, who seek a closer, more intimate relationship with her son. And the 10th of May... We actually decided on a Sunday, uh, at this particular stage, by the way, we started to broadcast Mass from Abbeyfield Parish, and we thank indeed for the Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Parish for allowing us to do that, and one or two for helping us to connect in with that. But after the Mass on the 10th of May, we actually broadcast a beautiful reflection uh, by Bishop Robert Barron on Mary, Queen of the Angels. Martina Sheehan and Pat joined us on the 16th of May, and they share with us, uh, asked us, uh, give us a beautiful reflection on asking us where we, where do we pause and listen to the signs of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the twenty third of May, as we draw to the end of Easter tide, um, we had Annette O'Connell uh, O'Donnell from Cork, a young lady who joined us to share her thoughts and reflections on her faith journey as a college student in Ireland today. 
and to mark the solemnity of the Pentecost. This was the 30th of May. We again joined by Geraldine Creighton and some members of the Emmanuel community who shared their thoughts on the Holy Spirit in their lives. Uh, in June, Father Seamus Enright uh, invited us to, to join the virtual novena. Of course, it couldn't be held this year. Franco D. in the 13th of, as Shane just mentioned earlier on, he, he joined to speak about the Limic Diocesan Lewis Pilgrimage, and in fact, we thank again 102 for allowing us to join in on the Sunday afternoon, that Sunday afternoon, where there was a healing session. Uh, we were able to broadcast on the radio, and also the farewell by the young people. Beautiful, um, beautiful ceremony on the following Monday. On the 13th of June the, um, last year, Father Luke McNamara, a good friend, he joined us to share some Benedictine insights into this time of t- pandemic drawing over 1,500 years of lived monastic life. 20th of June, just to finish off June, we had, a, of course, June is, is dedicated to the month of the Sacred Heart, and we asked um, some people who actually live in Padre de Malayal, which is the, 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 the place where the uh, Sacred Heart, um, the, the Sacred Heart devotion comes from, uh, a, a good friend from the Emmanuel community, Ed and Fiona Collins from Belfast, they joined us to give us a lovely reflection on the Sacred Heart. Again, just a reminder, you can listen to all of these back and come and see inspirations at budspirit.com. Shane, that finishes off the first part of the year. Oh, I need a break after that. <laughs> anyway, so we are now up to August, folks. So uh, August, um, I suppose, to two things I suppose that stood out in August, of course. One was, of course, the death of John Hume in Derry, a great apostle for peace on the island of Ireland. And secondly, of course, was, of course, the blast in Beirut, uh, the Lebanon blast, uh, which which wiped out, uh, caused extensive damage in the city of Beirut due to the ridiculous storage of uh, ammonium nitrate in the port of Beirut. Pope Francis, of course, very close, actually, to Lebanon. He has, he has, he has, he has, he has mentioned and reflected and and offered quite a lot of support to Lebanon over the the number of last number of years, and again he that was obviously did that again in August and then again before the year end. Uh, September, I suppose the from an Irish point of view, uh, there was the ongoing debate about church access and access to masses and restrictions. Uh, a lot of um, more 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 light in uh, more heat and light being generated in a particular debate, particularly amongst. Um, commentators in the Catholic media in relation to the issue um, and of course obviously combined with that it was the financial impact on diocese across the country which was epitomized by the fact that in Dublin quite a substantial number of the staff that work for the Dublin Curia to keep the diocese archdiocese ticking over lost their jobs due to the financial situation not easy and of course the priests facing cuts in their um, their allowances and stipends across the country in October we had a couple of interesting things. I for the public liturgies once more were prohibited under level three. Uh, that was the second lockdown, and uh, on the Irish side of things. And then um, on a global level, we had the beatification of Blessed Carlos Acutis, that young fellow that was very much involved with Eucharistic adoration and tracking things online in relation to the Eucharist. He was in Assisi and uh, is an interesting one that we will watch in terms of his cause for canonization when he may be declared saint. Uh, there was also the whole tatarara about the documentary that was done about Pope Francis and the manipulation of the cutting or the editing that was done about what around what he said about people uh, who are who are gay. 
And then, of course, there was also the publication of his um, encyclical Fratelli Tutti. And in October, of course, um, Professor Eamon Conway came on to discuss that with us. Just a reminder to people as well, as John was just going through the April, May, June programs there, um, just to say to people, uh, we did have some very good, nice reflections around April last year, particularly from the likes of Noreen Lynch and so on and so forth. So definitely I'd be encouraging people, if you want something to listen back to, check the archive and particularly for around that time of the year, they're particularly dealing with COVID and living through COVID and the restrictions, particularly as you know we have another five, six weeks of it to go and people are getting tired and you know, so on and so forth. Just good, good some stuff. And as well as that, then there was a couple of the programs where people gave suggested readings, poetry, music to listen to, which just to, to help people through this difficult time. So, John, your highlights for the third quarter. Right. I'll just go through the third and fourth quarter fairly fast now. Um, the 1st of August, uh, we invited and spoke with uh, Rob Clark, who is the chief executive of Spirit Radio. Of course, that can be heard on, I think, 89.8 uh, Christian Radio. Um, give some beautiful uh, reflections a lot of good music on there 16th of August uh, we had on the programme Marion Carroll Marion Carroll of course uh, shared her thoughts and experience about her cure in Knock in 1989 which was recognised as a miracle by the church in 2019 22nd of August we had join us Christian Hochter she works as a Christian chaplain in Limerick Prison and share with us what it means uh, to be a present for those who are serving time behind, behind those high walls. On the 20th, 20th of August uh, and the 5th of September, for two weeks, we ran a broadcast, we, we, we broadcast a two-part interview that we had with Sister Bride Cunahan, a beautiful sister who, as, as she said herself, she was working in an ice cream um, company in Cork, uh, doing uh, invoices and so on and so forth, got a bit bored with that. She ended up entering the life of her sisters and she travelled through South America. Her story is wonderful. I definitely recommend people people tune into that one. 19th of September, we were again joined by Sister Helen Cunahan, a good friend of the programme, from the Children's Grief Centre. And Sister Helen reflects on the changing ways of coping with grief in our changed times. 26th of September, again, we had our first Zoom meeting. Remember that one, Shane? So what we had, we have Eve, Eve uh, McGrath from St. Patrick's College, Noreen Lynch, uh, Martin Kennedy, around our kitchen table, as Shane said, kitchen table discussion, to share their thoughts and experiences uh, uh, about what faith communities can learn from COVID to, uh, COVID-19. Uh, 3rd of October... Um, in terms of this week, John and, John and Shane, we, we shared some of our Christian understanding of the angels. Um, let me see, go back again. Yeah, continuing on there from the 10th and 17th of October. Uh, Shane recommended that I, I interview and have a chat with Father John Roach. And he said he'd have a lot to say. He certainly did. It took us two programs to get through it. He had a wonderful time in Africa, Malawi. Again, that'd be one worth tuning into. Uh, again, that's available on the blog. Martin Lehanshian. Uh, came out in November, shared about her upcoming book, uh, The Tullis of the Soul. I'm not a good reader. I'm not very good at reading, as Shane knows, but that's one I can't leave it down. It's a wonderful piece of literature, as far as I'm concerned. Father M. Conway, again, come down in, in uh, Shane just said, and joined us in, in um, November to speak about the Pope Francis Fratelli Tutti. Uh, November, again, Sister Dolores Brophy, a, a mercy sister from Mallow, shared with us, and the uh, the District Bethany Bereavement and Loss 
support group in Mallow. And then we're coming to Advent. We have some lovely people to join us again. Father Chris O'Donnell joined us. Uh, Martina Lehan Sheehan joined us. Father Frank Dewey joined us. And, of course, right at the end of December, Shane just mentioned again, uh, we finished up the year with a wonderful reflection by our Noreen Lynch and Simeon Sprayer. That was a lot of stuff to get through on the programme this year, last year. Yeah, so... Um so then in towards the end of the year, so October, November, December time, so November and December, um, I suppose from a news point of view, there was, of course, the publication of the McCarrick Report in uh, in Rome, which was sobering reading in terms of the way that things were manipulated. And there was a lot of basically inaction and obfuscation around how that man was able to get so much influence. Uh, then, as well as that, in November, Pope Francis created 13 new cardinals. So at this stage, he has created and appointed the majority of cardinals who will gather to elect his successor whenever that will occur. Uh, December, then, of course, masses reopened slightly until Christmas Day when they were promptly reclosed again. So for public liturgies in Ireland, and which they're still closed at the moment. And of course, there was also the declaration of the year of St. Joseph on December the 8th. So that's what we had. Term, folks in terms of our year in review last year now one other thing which i just want to bring to people's attention so every wednesday the pope has what's called the general audience in rome and that's basically where there's kind of the tradition is he gives a short catechesis and greets people and so on and so forth obviously with the pandemic the public audience has been very much restricted but pope francis still continues with his catechesis and i just want to draw people's attention to the catechesis that was given this week on the 27th of january and it is the pope is doing a series on prayer actually at the moment now he started last year he took a break during the, the autumn and he's back again so and this week he focused on prayer with sacred scripture now it's something we'll come back to again on other program but given our um encouragement of the art of Lexio Divina I thought it was something that maybe people would be interested to read through I can't read it through now because it's it's quite long but I suppose one of the key points that the Pope made was as a living word the scripture speaks to us in the here and now of our lives illuminating new situations offering fresh insights and often challenging our habitual way of thinking about and seeing the world the fruit of this prayerful dialogue is contemplation as we silently rest under the Father's loving gaze. And it was interesting, he made the point, it irritates me a little when I hear Christians who recite verses from the Bible like parrots. It is not a question of memory, it is a memory, it is only of memory, it is a question of memory of the heart which opens you to the encounter with the Lord. Uh, it's a nice piece. We'll come back to it again. It's only about two pages be, if people wanted to find it online on the Vatican website. And uh, we'll come back to it again in the program. But I just thought it was an interesting one to point out because he did reflect on the, uh, the gift of Lexio Divina. And those catechesis will be continuing for the next couple of weeks, presumably until we get into the Linton season. Very appropriate, Shane. Thanks a lot for that. So now we better go for our second piece of music, and this one, um, I decided to play this one because you know we have to be so thankful for for being able to 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 use this resource uh, through local radio, and I, I thought a nice piece of music to finish up this section would be one by Don Moore, and we played it a few times. It's entitled "Thank You, Lord." Come back and join us in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. says it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. 
you today And there's just one thing that I want to say Thank you, Lord Thank you, Lord For all you've given to me For all the blessings that I Welcome back again to the third part of Second Space, 102 FM, coming from our Common C studio here now. And my name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane, on the other end of the Skype So that might give you some idea as to uh, what happened around the church and, of course, here on the programme for the last 12 months, 2020. But now we read and reflect on the Word of God for today. And Shane will always uh, we'll pray this prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often capable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. 
Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But when we give ourselves entirely to this listening, we ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you for that, Chen. So the Gospel for today is taken from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus and his, and his followers went as far as Capernaum. And as soon as the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. And his teaching made a deep impression on them, because unlike the scribes, he taught them with authority. In their synagogue, just then, there was a man possessed by an unclean spirit. And he shouted, What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus said sharply, Be quiet, come out of him. And the unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions with a loud cry went out of him. The people were so astonished that they started asking each other what it all meant. Here is a teaching that is new, they said, and with the authority behind it. He gives orders even to unclean spirits and they obey him. And his reputation rapidly spread everywhere through all the surrounding Galilean countryside. So that's the Gospel for today, Shane. A quick thought you might share with us, please. Quick is the, is the opulent word here. So we continue with Mark's account. Um, so we moved to the town of Capernaum, which was a, an important town on the Sea of Galilee, a trading post, particularly for fishermen. For those of us that have been to the Holy Land, you can actually stand on the grounds of what was the old synagogue in Capernaum, although I don't think it's the one that Jesus was actually in himself. Um, so, and it's an interesting one, of course, we have here Jesus going to the synagogue on the Sabbath and preaching. And of course, that famous line is there, he preached with authority. And there's different ways of interpreting that, of course, because, or he taught them with authority is the word that's used, is the way, the expression that's used in the translation that I have in front of me. And there's different ways, of course, that that can be um looked at and it's generally put in stark contrast to the scribes and the pharisees who taught uh, with the authority because they sat in the chair of moses is the expression that's used in one of the gospels but jesus taught with authority and we generally see that as teaching with sincerity and teaching from experience and teaching with realism i think is how people would have understood it at the time and i suppose the question for us there is then is you know when we to reflect and pause and reflect on what scripture has to tell us you know as pope francis said in his um his general audience this week you know sacred scripture was not written to remain imprisoned on papyrus parchment or paper but to be received by a person who prays making them blossom in his or her heart. So the question for us as we reflect on this Sunday's gospel was what is it there that stands out for us? And his teaching made a deep impression. And the question is, does that do we give the space for the teaching? When we reflect and pray on scripture, do we give space for it to make an impression on our hearts? What way are, do we uh, orientate ourselves to listen to the word of God, to listen, to commune, to dialogue with what the Lord is saying to us in his word proclaimed and as we talked about last sunday in the program you know while last sunday was the sunday for the word of god it's not something which just happens once a year it is something which we are encouraged to do throughout the year uh, to pray and reflect on scripture the other thing of course in this sunday's gospel is that whole issue that whole encounter with the person who was possessed by a clean unclean spirit and i suppose the interesting thing while mark puts it in for us is that um, is the whole idea of presence of those things in our lives that distract us. Now here, of course, it's presented very much as a cleansing, as a healing, uh, which is the account as to how um, 
uh, that 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 Mark presents it to us. But where it's interesting the way that it's done. So you know the spirit is 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 you know shouting and making a hullabaloo in the synagogue, and Jesus turns around and says, "Be quiet, come out of him." You know, it's a gentle kind of confrontation with the power of God to kind of to, to heal those things in our lives. But also, I suppose it's kind of asking ourselves. The word that struck me there was, "Be quiet." And for those spirits that distract us or for interfere with our relationship with God, are those things that distract us on a kind of uh, idols that are in our way? Uh, are we listening to God saying to us, be quiet about them and to focus on the word that he gives us this Sunday to pray and reflect? So that's all we have the time for, John. Thank you very much indeed, Shane. But that was enough. There's a good few thoughts in there now for us to take away, ruminate over, chew over and take it with us for the week. Thanks for that, for that, Shane. So now it's time to go for our final piece of music. Uh, I haven't played this one for some time. Very appropriate, I think, at these times. It's by our good friend Daniel O'Donnell, and this one is entitled Love, Faith and Hope. So next week for myself and Shane, God bless you all now. Bye. Someone to show the way And right from wrong Sometimes in life We may be led astray And that's when we need a hand To show us the way We need love, hope and faith To build our lives on For all mankind It's in our hearts It's there for us to find And even when we feel That hope has gone It's our loving faith That helps us carry on We need love and faith to build our lives on We need love, hope and faith together as one And with love, hope and faith the way will be shown When you've got love, hope Love
Hold oh.